Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 12th of October, 2022. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets and yeah, whatever else we decide to talk about really on this podcast. I'm Nadine Blaney and I'm here with Kyle Rada. Kyle, it was one of those days, wasn't it? Bit of a flat day, but to put a positive spin on it, there is there is a bit of green on my screen. Oh, it's a sliver. It's a sliver <laughs> of green. We gave up most of it by the end of the session. I was uh, having a chat with Mark Gardner to close off the day. Uh, for the second time this week, and um, yeah, as I uh, put in the market wrap today, Tom Petty had it right. The waiting is the hardest part because all the data is back loaded to the end of the week for the most part. Bit of movement uh, below the surface. Obviously, the banks and financials are uh, doing reasonably well with Bank of Queensland's results, but uh, for the most part, still waiting with bated breath for US CPI. Yeah, and um, it's it's more impressive, I think, just when you put it in context as to what happened around the region. We saw the Hang Seng, well, you know, still still sort of moving now, but down by 1.4%. We saw markets in China down by about half of 1%. So not bad. Uh, we've got E-minis online, and uh, they were trading mildly positive throughout the day today. Started at 10 o'clock. Seems like a long time ago now with Chris Weston from Pepperstone, but he thought that might have been what was behind this sort of um, better open than futures have been predicting mm. is the fact that we saw those E-minis, um, you know, at least... Uh, not in negative territory, if if that's the most positive thing I can say about it. I guess we'll just have to have it's to not take going it down. for now. Yeah, that's the main thing in a bear market. Okay. It's not going down. <laughs> but uh, to your point, you know, a lot of the conversations that we've been having today are, are just you know the extreme weight of expectation when it comes to this upcoming inflation read. I mean, again, just to reference uh, Westy at Pepperstone saying like markets are just absolutely desperate to have a seven handle in front of that inflation read. So, you know, I think the playbook, I mean, he, he if you'd like to go back and listen to that, does outline the playbook. But, um, yeah, I, I sort of, because of how volatile markets have been, I'm not quite sure exactly what would potentially spark that relief rally. Would it be, Kyle, in your view, uh, just a, a, a lower sort of headline inflation number? Uh, yeah, simple old me would suggest a, a lower, well, I, I think core as well. I mean, everyone gets really head up. Um, uh, latches onto the headline number, and that's that's important because so much so much of this inflation is is, is energy and other volatile sort of hard items. But you know, what's interesting for me is that the core CPI figure is actually expected to increase over the month of September in the United States. So go from six point three to six point five, which sp- sort of speaks of its stickiness and also the demand side of the equation too, because that tends to be a little bit more or less sensitive to to the supply factors. So yeah, I mean basically we have to see inflation call uh, markets starting to to price out some of these cuts from uh, sorry hikes mm-hmm. uh, to to five basically five percent from the Fed. And then, you know, the market seems to really enjoy it when it can find an excuse to price in cuts next year. So if you can find some sort of set of circumstances to, p- to permit that, I think that would be the best thing that you can uh, really realistically wish for. Um, but, of course, you know, that, I suppose that, you know, could just be wishful thinking. Okay, well, 
like everyone else, we have to wait <laughs> to, to see what happens. But we do know what happened today. To your point, Bank of Queensland, boy, that snuck up on me. Um, when yeah. I was last on air, it was up by about 4%, ended the day up 10.5% higher. Mm. Um, I see that we've had some analysis coming through already. I mean, first of all, I think it's really important that the CEO, George Frazier, says that he uh, anticipates that uh, their borrowers will be able to service their debt in, e- you know, even as rates continue to rise, which is the base case. So, yeah, market commentary was that, look, the loan book looks really solid a whole a- ahead of this fixed interest rate cliff that everybody's talking about. <laughs> yes, it sounds very exciting when you put it that way. Uh, perhaps it is. Um, but it's actually interesting now that you mention that because it's exactly what the other major banks told us in their updates or uh, CBA's full year results had their agent today as well, which yep. is an aside, obviously. Um, but, you know, how quickly the markets get pessimistic and forget those little details that those other banks have already told us that information that they expect households to obviously, you know, crimp their spending, but to get through this reasonably well. Uh, so it's fascinating that we should get such a such a big reaction, I suppose. But yeah, 10%, I think Westpac was up by three and a half, four, CBA two and a bit. So if it weren't for the financials, things would be a little bit a more dour today, but it, I think yeah, the whole the whole sector was up two point two percent, so solid for bank stocks. Yeah, I mean uh, it's interesting as well if we're looking for silver linings today, which it Let's sounds like it. we are. Yeah. Um, the CEO of BOQ, George Frazier, says that the mortgage market remains competitive. He says that is good for customers. Of course, that's not great for the banks when uh, when the mortgage market is so competitive. Right. Other than that, we had a bit of a turnaround in fortunes for those very volatile names like PointsBet Holding, Zip, both were up by 5 and 4% mm. respectively, but yeah, it really was a, a bank story today for the most part. Uh, on the flip side of things though, we did have a big selling coming through from Brevera Solutions, Misoblast, um, Nickel Mines was a company uh, that also did particularly poorly. It saw its price target cut 44% mm-hmm. to $0.90 cents per share, downgraded to neutral high risk from buy high risk by city. So that had an impact, obviously. Um, but just sort of while we're in that commodity space, I think it might be worthwhile just taking a pause to do our stock of the day. It was uh, Coronado Global. Oh, formerly Coronado Coal, I was yeah. told. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, it's it's way better branding to take coal out of your name, Kyle. Well, it, it was three years ago. <laughs> yeah, Nowadays, it's so. like the the hot thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, it's um in some talks with Peabody. It was the stock of the day. Let's have a listen in to what Carl Caprilinga from Think Markets, a a guy with deep experience when it comes to the miners, by virtue of I think just living in Perth, yep. and uh, <laughs> Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial. But we have trim. So for right. viewers out there. You know, this is how I'm, you know, look, I don't know if I'm lumping myself in with the pros, but the, we are trimming our exposure to these because they have had a magic run. But we're down to that last bit. You want to hold on that glory trade. Who knows where, that, okay. where it might so go. So you've and said trim So look, from, from my standpoint, happy to give it a hold. Um, it's not right. something we've ever bought. It's not something I know that much about. But this sort of activity, um, I think, is, is positive for the company. Yep. Okay, so there you go. That is the verdict on Coronado Global, not coal. I, coal just rolls off the tongue, but... It's the alliteration, okay. right? The, the journalist uh, <laughs> in the both of us comes out, just a CC, let's say it. Okay, so what else? Um, listen, if you are just catching up with what happened today, in the show notes for this podcast, you'll have some good interviews to catch up with, just sticking in the commodity space for now. I had a chat on the Small Cap Programs today with the CEO of Queensland Pacific 
Metals. Yeah. Uh, QPM did a big deal with GM. Uh, you know, uh, there's perhaps a little bit of a cynic in me when I see releases come out that drop big American automaker names, but <laughs> look, we had a good chat. And um, cynical Canadian. Oh. <laughs> and uh, he, well, I think maybe I've been. We're just thinking of a company that starts with a T and it ends with an A. But anyways, um, look, he he really sort of stated the case for why it's best in class, why it doesn't just have deals done with GM. And I mean, keep in mind, this is still an explorer. Still haven't finished their final feasibility study, but they've got deals with GM. They've got deals with POSCO. And there's another one that just slipped my mind. But if you listen to that interview, you will find out why. I mean, I, I thought it was a... A pretty interesting story. And he mentions the board and how supportive the board was in really taking its time and getting to this point. And he mentioned the massive amount of due diligence that GM did as well. So uh, for something a little different, if you'd like to listen to a CEO interview on your way home or, mm. or through the evening tonight. Um, you had a chat that you were interested in. And we don't often do I sort of... lots of them today, but Hip go pocket on. chats. Yeah, because um, yeah, you were on quite a bit today. But... Um, mm-hmm. The one that you sort of nominated for the show notes was the uh, Stock Spot interview about uh, worst of the worst super funds. Yeah, well, uh, it's uh, so they it's best and and worst. So they don't focus just on the the uh, the, the crappy ones um, or the ones delivering crappy returns. But um, I just thought it was a great little uh, you know you know what the th- thing that I've loved the last couple of weeks is people keep bringing in like props or like their books and just giving it to me on air, and it's just it's great. It's it's give me entertainment while I'm home uh, alone then also just things to decorate the new apartment with but um, Chris Bricky CEO from Stockspot they have put together the best and worst performing super funds um, and they uh, call uh, the, the best performing uh, fit cat uh, they call the the worst performing fat cat <laughs> um, and really just broke down where the worst performers were the big differences in terms of what it would mean for an investor at you know age 30 compared to age 75 if they chose these different funds you know he talked about the the kind of fees that some of these um, funds were were kind of eating up and and obviously the, the returns that was they, they were sapping from their from their uh, their members and I just thought it was really really interesting and I got the little pamphlet at the end now so I, I know which ones are the, the fit cats and the fat cats are so you can listen to that and get a little bit of an insight on it and then you know maybe dig deeper to do your own research as to whether your um your funds are a fit cat or a fat cat yeah interesting and i think that we're both talking off topic because again back to the usual we are in this way holding yeah. pattern ahead of uh thursday's interest rate we're also you know waiting for any more to come out of the uk we had commentary from boe's governor bailey you know basically yeah. telling well putting putting a deadline on uh, on the assistance that the BOE essentially is giving to yeah. some, and I just saw a headline before, yeah. just to interrupt you, that from the Financial Times, that uh, uh, whispers that they might um, back away from backing out, if that makes sense. Um, so that was just coming off qu- Twitter before. Um, so just uh, just to put that out there, that uh, you know this, the, the noise and speculation is still rife. Okay. Um, yeah, we could have a big deep dive into central bank credi- credibility and what's uh, being Did done. Did you see Janet Yellen speaking <laughs> last night? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Janet Yellen doesn't see any dislocations or instability in financial no. markets in the US. So I had a chat with Evan Lucas from Invest Smart about that. That yep. too is online. He said she's got a point so far. Um, but we'll see mm-hmm. when it happens. So Sh- you trying, guys to li- don't trying, have to her, trying to line herself up for that uh, the next Nobel Prize, perhaps. Oh, Ben Bernanke, uh, Kyle's got a view in the newsletter. <laughs> if you don't subscribe to the COB newsletter, well, I suggest you do. We won't give it all away, but um, are you one of those 
um, what do we call them? The haters when it comes I to just ben ha- I and hate this when an industry. This is why I don't watch the Oscars as well. When um, a, an industry just gets together and awards each other like trophies and just backslaps, and it's just like, just shut up, make the do, do your job. You did some things good, you did some things bad, but don't start handing out awards for it, especially a fake Nobel Prize as well. It's not even a real. Yeah, one. I was going to say it's not a Nobel Prize, it's but I don't know this journalist kind of running with the you know like yeah. the headline because <laughs> it's sort of a bit more nuanced. No, I just sort of feel like that. it's a mean girls quote in there. You know, you don't even go here. You're, <laughs> you're not even a real Nobel Prize winner. Exactly, but you know, if I learned anything today, it's that I don't need to reward Kyle with gold stars, nor does anyone else. Kyle, I don't need gold stars from you either. We'll just come in, <laughs> keep nutting away, yeah. doing the best that we can. We do it. We uh, do it for the audience <laughs> and the love. Uh, all right. Um, I'm just taking a little quick look and just to reiterate your point that you saw on Twitter that coming from the FT, the BOE is signaling that it is prepared to extend its bond yeah. purchases. So that's, yeah, again. We'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, real questions as to uh, we, we need to be able to trust central bankers um, to mean what they say and say what they mean, I think. But that is being tested. Mm. Um, again, we've got the dollar continuing to just, you know, pound the the sterling and the yen so uh, you know currencies volatility in fx markets i mean really active markets right now and it's warning against japan i should say warning against that yen sell-off once again and uh, so we could see intervention like it's not it's not ruling out further intervention um to get control of the currency so it's all happening out there it's going to be exciting again i I keep thinking that i keep uh, i'm sorry i think there will continue to be these little kind of blow-ups and and um Little breakages that are, that occur that will keep us well, if nothing but entertained and uh, something to talk about. Not good for your portfolio. No, no, no. And and that's the thing is that it's all real money, right? And and yeah. even if you think that you're sort of arms like the way from gilts, you know, UK gilts or yeah. or the Japanese yen. It's just it's the reverberations that come through and can can right. really bite. And and the volatility by all accounts is uh, is expected to to continue. But of course. Um, you know, there are ways to make money in this market. I had a chat on the small caps program again. Yeah. I feel like I'm just sort of you know, fluffing my own feathers or whatever that's called. But with um, Philip Pepe, and he's he gave us, you know, three buys, three buys. So if yeah. you're looking for something that uh, he thinks at least will, will outperform in this market, you can take a listen to that. It's online right now. Um, so we've got European industrial production, correct, tonight? Yeah, the big thing will be FOMC minutes in the morning, uh, mm-hmm. basically our morning. So, um, And I think we've got Kashkari speaking. Kashkari and, and Yeah, Mark Gardner this afternoon said it was just sort of um, Central Bank Groundhog Day. They're coming out with hawkish commentary and, you know, we kind of know the market's there. Uh, it's when they start doing something different that it could be, you know, um, earth-shattering and, and, and newsworthy. Um, but then, yeah, the CPI print comes out at 11.30 tomorrow night. We also get PPI this evening out of the States too. So that'll be, you know, obviously um, more the cost, um, business business costs, so to speak, mm-hmm. and what they're, what they're dealing with heading into that CPI print, which is 11.30 p.m. Thursday night. Yeah, okay. I know that's pointed at me because sometimes I... Us, I us. We, we've uh, we've had our changed. issues yeah, in the okay. past. Um, now, uh, anything we need to know from Lucy Ellis, Michelle Bullock today? If you're a wonk, it was a fantastic conversation. Econ Twitter went off. If you're not... Um, Carry on. Yeah. Okay. Talking about uh, the, the neutral rate, neutral rate being interest. at two and a half percent. The range that their model range is uh, negative 0.5 percent and around two percent from memory. Uh, and the whole point was, and uh, Jerome Powell made this comment a few years ago that it's uh, it's kind of like a guiding star, a faint guiding star, but uh, not what they set policy to, especially in the short term because it's volatile. Uh, there's that word again. If I had volatile. a dollar for anyhow, when it comes to data tomorrow, we get. Uh, 
payroll jobs and wages. But again, this is a very backward-looking indicator. It's not to, not a major data point. It's it's quite quiet here on the economic front. It has been a week. It's pretty, yeah, pretty quiet. Yeah, and, and perhaps that's a good thing. We get um, lending indicators from China tomorrow, but um, yeah, it's all about that U.S. inflation report. So shall we leave it where we started? Uh, just like the market did, we shall. Okay, yeah, that's right. Just to reiterate, in case you don't have the figures in front of you, the local market, the S&P ASX 200, finished the session just flat. I think it put on 0.03%. And uh, that that left (laughs) us with a little bit of green on screen and uh, the market at 6,647. We hope you have a great evening or morning. I don't know when you listen to us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on Thursday. (laughs) Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.